Welcome to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show with Kim Bellotto, broadcasting from the Port of Corpus Christi studios. Get more on the Port of Corpus Christi at portofcc.com. In the Oil Patch radio show will give you an inside look at the oil, gas, and energy industry and how it affects you from industry experts and government officials right here on the In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. But first, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the latest issue of Shell Magazine that's getting ready to be released. Our feature is Ann Bradbury, the CEO of American Exploration and Production Council. This is a great group that we caught up with that actually is located in Washington, D.C. It's a group that really does help our elected officials understand better energy and energy policy. And right about now, we really need a lot of those organizations to help our elected officials start making better energy regulations to help with these crazy gas prices that we're dealing with. I'd also like to tell you about an upcoming event happening in San Antonio on August the 10th. It is our annual State of Energy in San Antonio, Texas. This year, it will be held at the Embassy Suites. Uh, our feature is Ann Bradbury, who is coming from D.C. to talk at our State of Energy, along with Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Mike Howard, the CEO of Howard Energy, and Jason Modlin, who is the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. It's definitely a luncheon that you want to attend. There'll be lots of networking opportunities, as well as great insight and information on the great energy transition that is occurring as we speak. And now it's time for me to welcome all my guests today, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, Jason Modlin. Jason, welcome back to In the Will Patch Radio Show. Well, Kim, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, you all have been very busy. I've seen you on a couple of media clips out there talking about the recent trip that President Biden uh, went to Saudi Arabia to uh, what a lot of media reports, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, a lot of media reports are not being very kind about this trip. Some of them have said he was begging for more oil. Um, it was a failed trip. But let's start off with, first of all, why was President Biden going to Saudi Arabia to ask for oil from OPEC, OPEC plus, when we have plenty, plenty of oil here in Texas and in the United States? Well, I can't answer that, Kim. Uh, I, I think the president was going over for a variety of reasons, uh, uh, dealing with Middle East security. He made a trip and a pit stop into Israel uh, to make sure that um, our allies there are, are fully on board with our foreign policy. He also made some declarations that Iran was never going to get a nuclear weapon and yet has also restarted talks, um, uh, the agreement with uh, Iran to drop the sanctions and allow for them to continue uh, enriching uranium, presumably for peaceful purposes. But um, uh, there's a little bit of doublespeak there. And, and then he went over to uh, Jeddah in Saudi Arabia and met with the crown prince there. Uh, I think security was largely the focus, but then there was a pretty substantial conversation about oil production and uh, the needs of OPEC to increase their production to balance uh, the demand side uh, um, by, by increasing supply to meet the demand and, and hopefully arresting some of these price increases. Um, and why he didn't go to Midland instead of uh, uh, calling on Saudi Arabia or Moscow or Iran or Venezuela 
Venezuela uh, to increase their production? I have no idea. Uh, it, it has everyone kind of here in Texas and in the United States scratching our heads. There's opportunities here in the United States to increase production, and yet the president has committed uh, to his base uh, and, and to radical environmentalists that he is going to do everything he can to stop production here. Um, that doesn't benefit the environment at all. Uh, it simply um, uh, shifts production here uh, to overseas. In many cases, those countries overseas have lower environmental standards. Uh, even worse for the president, they have lower labor standards. Uh, so you potentially have people that uh, don't have fair contracts, don't have fair wages uh, in place. And, and that's what he's called on uh, to increase production rather than relying on American producers here at home uh, to figure out a way to do it. Well, you know, a lot of the media reports, I want to get your reaction. Everything you have said is correct. Um, it almost seems uh, as though this administration, the Biden administration, is very, very committed to shutting down oil and gas here and uh, having other countries produce oil. And now we're uh, turning from being a net exporter into an importer again, the way we used to be back uh, 40 years ago, when we couldn't uh, export and, I mean, yeah, export our energy at the world for global need. Now, it, it almost appears that he's comfortable us going back into that situation, which leaves us in a place where we're not as uh, safe anymore because we're relying on other countries. But in the media reports, Jason, they, they, they really didn't have a lot of favorable, and this is the left-leaning media, was, they pretty much have committed this was a disaster. Uh, it didn't accomplish anything, specifically in energy. Um, and so, what, let's back up and tell me a little bit about why it's more important for him to look at Texas Energy and North America producers that we can provide here. You said that earlier. What would it take for the Biden administration to look seriously at us versus looking at other countries for our energy needs to provide it for the world? Well, uh, uh, unfortunately for the president, it would result in him uh, upsetting his base. Um, on day one, when he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline uh, and committed to reviews of additional pipelines, uh, he signaled to both our Canadian partners, but then also investment here in the United States, uh, that they need to look elsewhere, that they need to uh, uh, slow um, their investment in the United States in order to produce the energy needs we have here. Uh, he doubled down on that effort uh, by then telling uh, the uh, Bureau of Land Management, the Department of Interior to slow walk uh, permits to uh, stop lease sales. Um, and so that's further exacerbate, exacerbated our problems uh, where the United States is not back to pre-pandemic production levels. Um, thankfully, he, here in Texas, uh, we're not as restricted um, by federal regulation. Uh, we're able to build pipelines from the Permian Basin to the Gulf Coast without crossing state lines and therefore don't need to ask for permission from the federal government in order to uh, invest there. And so what we've seen in Texas is that we've actually uh, reached pre-pandemic levels of production and are on pace to exceed those levels um, at the end of the year. 
And that's really a remarkable story. You, you, uh, the president should be uh, touting that. Uh, certainly uh, in the previous administration that he was involved in uh, with President Obama, uh, you had him uh, frequently uh, thanking natural gas producers uh, for bringing us out of the recession, for adding jobs, and for lowering the cost of energy. Um, unfortunately, this administration is not doing that. Well, you know, but with the left media not even falling for what is happening here, I want to go back to the discussion that also took part on that trip with looking at possibly having Iran. And, and the administration's spin on that is that, well, we need more oil production for the planet. Uh, we need more. But yet Iran has no EPA. They do not have <laughs> a lot of the regulatory uh, agencies that keep uh, an eye on making sure that we are doing things cleaner to make sure we keep an eye on the climate or, you know, make sure that we continue to keep climate change as the number one priority as we are looking and exploring for oil and gas. So with Iran, if they are uh, going to be allowed to put their oil back on the market, aren't they also known for funding a lot of their terrorism through the sale of oil? So is this uh, a good we would be looking at Iran to produce oil and put it on the global market instead of the United States? Absolutely. Uh, they are known as a state sponsor of terrorism. Uh, that same problem has occurred in Saudi Arabia as well. Um, and then our neighbor to the south in Venezuela uh, has the same problem as well uh, with, with oil funds uh, basically supporting uh, uh, dictators and totalitarian, totalitarian regimes um, that are are brutal um, to to their people, um, and, and and that's the trade-offs that the president is willing to engage in, uh, rather than to come home and say, uh, look, we have the resources here in this country, we have the ability uh, to meet global demands, and certainly our demands here in this country, um, and, and yet. Uh, he'd rather entertain dictators and, and uh, those types of regimes overseas. Well, and you know, we're going to get ready to go to break, but I just, I feel like the, the, either this administration is so out of touch with the American people and what they're going through with paying higher prices at the pump, groceries, everything has gone up exponentially because of these really poor energy prices, along with a lot of other global issues, but energy has been driving a lot of this. Um, and even the left-leaning media, Jason, isn't really... When you've lost far-left Stephen Colbert, I mean, that should uh, be a wake-up call. That should be a wake-up, exactly. Poll numbers are pretty much in the tank, and you cannot seem to get uh, your administration moving in the right direction. And so when we get back from break, President Biden is scheduled to go to Massachusetts, um, and he's going to make an announcement, which is going to be uh, a declaration on energy. I want to talk about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll, we'll get back on the topic of, the, of President Biden's new announcement. You're listening to the New All Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Join us on Wednesday, August the 10th at 1130 a.m. for the State of Energy Luncheon in San Antonio at the Embassy Suites on I-10 and Landmark Parkway. This year's keynote speaker is Anne Bradbury, the CEO of the American Exploration and Production Council, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, and Jason Modulin, president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. The moderator of the event will be Omar Garcia from the Port of Corpus Christi. For tickets and for more information, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers invites you to their annual conference on September 14th and 15th at the Hotel Drover in Fort Worth, Texas. The event will feature author and energy expert Alex Epstein during the industry luncheon on September 15th. It's the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers annual conference, September 14th and 15th in Fort Worth, Texas. For tickets and hotel reservation information, go to texasalliance.org. That's texasalliance.org. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com And we're back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, Jason Modulin. Jason, before the break, we were discussing the trip that uh, President Biden took to Saudi Arabia, and he met with Prince Mohammed pertaining to uh, OPEC Plus and trying to persuade them to produce more energy uh, barrels of oil specifically uh, for the global demand. Um, And he's gotten a lot of negative reviews, even from left-leaning media. Uh, I have not seen one media uh, report or one Democrat that has said it has been a success. So it's pretty telling when your own party's not happy for probably other reasons of the trip. But I want to switch gears, and I want to talk about the president is heading to Massachusetts. He's going to go there, and uh, first of all, he is visiting a uh, pretty much a out-of-business refinery from what I've, I've looked at. But pretty much, what is the plan to go over there with a heat wave going on? Uh, we have record high energy prices, and his speech is going to talk about climate emergencies, uh, or he wants to de- produce a declaration that we're in a climate emergency. I think we're definitely in an energy crisis for sure, and every American understands that with what they're paying at the pump. But what do you think he is going to do pertaining to this new order that he's going to submit on, uh, out and put into place, declaring a national emergency? And what powers does he get when he does that? 
Yeah, so he's traveling to Massachusetts and and will stand, uh, uh, I guess, in in an abandoned industrial park. Uh, I saw some reports that it was going to be a coal um, uh, electric generating facility that has been shuttered. uh, And there are plans at some point uh, to revitalize the industrial park and and make it into a uh, a conduit uh, factory for um, undersea uh, transmission lines uh, to eventually uh, connect to offshore wind development. Um, I don't think that that is in the immediate short term. Uh, there's no uh, ribbon cutting or anything. Um, uh, these are plans to eventually update that industrial park. Um, and the president is going to say that uh, he's now been unshackled. He was waiting on the Senate and specifically Joe Manchin to sign off on uh, the uh, Build Back Better uh, effort times two or whatever uh, the latest iteration is. Um, uh, and and thankfully, Joe Manchin, uh, in uh, truly an act of, of statesmanship um, to both uh, save the country and to save the Democratic Party, uh, said that with 9.1% inflation, um, and only the prospects of that going up uh, or lasting for longer, that we should uh, take a pause and not continue to print uh, money and dump it into the economy to chase um, uh, the idea of energy transition uh, faster than the market is willing to engage in. Um, uh, His announcement today, uh, we're recording this uh, kind of before the announcement, so it's hard to uh, know exactly uh, uh, what it will be. Um, But uh, I I think he's going to disappoint his base again. Uh, First of all, he goes to Saudi Arabia last week, begs them to produce more oil. Uh, That upsets his base. And then they have asked him to declare a climate emergency. Um, And so far, that is is not in the mix uh, immediately. Uh, but what he is going to do is continue uh, to try to utilize emergency powers uh, to redirect funds away from other parts of the government and towards uh, either purchases of uh, alternative energy um, or uh, electric vehicles uh, or uh, incentivize uh, basically those projects by stating that he is going to fast track their permits. Um, uh, Again, if he's fast tracking a permit, that potentially is going to override some protections uh, for adjacent landowners, for states um, that that Congress has created or those bureaucracies have created. Uh, So he's going to make some other people upset. Um, uh, We've certainly seen some local fights in the Northeast where transmission lines are being opposed um, because they go through people's backyards, they go through people's farms, um, and they want to stop those types of efforts. Um, And and unfortunately, uh, the the president's going to go to Massachusetts and uh, uh, make several people angry. And and I think in part, it'll be his base because he's not going to give them the climate emergency declaration that they are asking for. Well, and in some ways, and the only thing I rarely agree with this administration, but I am happy to hear that because when we start, you know, you have an administration that starts declaring national emergencies through executive orders and not going through Congress. This is almost uh, in many ways trying what appears to be socializing the oil and gas industry, nationalizing it. And, you know, there are countries that have done this in the past. 
uh, Venezuela being one of them, and you you see the devastation that has happened when you have uh, national energy that the government is running. And, and we in the United States, obviously, we have no idea what that looks like. We've never had that. But that would put us dangerously on that path uh, with, with the Biden administration doing this. So I'm glad that he's kind of backed off of that. But it still leads me into thinking, why in the world would an administration continue to li not listen to the American people that they are in, they are suffering? And even his own party and even his own media, uh, left-leaning media that loves this administration uh, is not happy with the decisions they're making. When we come back from break, I wanna get into that a little deeper because we've gotten out of the way what he's been doing. Now I wanna drill into why this administration so bent on doing these things. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium, plus you can earn double dividends that'll go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at texasmutual.com slash Lone Star Energy. Mark Thursday, September 22nd on your calendars for State of Energy Midland, hosted by Shale Magazine and the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show. The luncheon on September 22nd starts at 11.30 a.m. at the Doubletree Hotel in Midland, Texas, and you'll want to get your tickets soon as this will sell out quickly. It's State of Energy Midland, Thursday, September 22nd, starting at 11.30 a.m. For more information, go to shalemag.com or email josie at shalemag.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Jason Modulin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Jason, before the break, we were discussing President Biden, Biden heading to a retired power plant. Ugh. President Biden heading to a retired power plant in Massachusetts. And the speculation has been that he was going to make an announcement declaring that we have a national emergency pertaining to energy, which would elevate his powers and give him a whole lot more authority uh, over the oil and gas sector and regulation specifically. Um, his uh, press secretary has walked that back a little bit and has said, well, we're not going to go that far. There probably won't be a climate emergency, but they're going to talk about this. So, so I want to discuss or tell me a little bit about your thoughts on why, uh, if the American people are struggling, your poll numbers are in the tank. You're 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 going to Saudi Arabia to ask for more, uh, to put more energy on the market. From OPEC Plus, that by the way meets what in early August, 
One of the members of OPEC Plus is Russia, who is in uh, an invasion with Ukraine. It's, it's, it seems almost crazy to understand uh, what this, or doesn't even make sense. It's crazy to try to understand what this administration is doing with their energy policies. Please explain to me what your thoughts are on why are all these insane policies and insane uh, positions coming out of this administration? Well, Kim, you, you touched on quite a few, and, and we believe it's extremely misguided uh, if the president's priorities are the environment, are labor, um, that there are certainly ways that he can partner with the oil and gas industry here in the United States uh, to meet those goals. Um, uh, this industry has led on methane reduction. They have led on um, uh, high wages and, and, and improvement uh, for all segments uh, of our population. Um, and they found ways to lower the cost of energy um, by lowering the cost of energy and lowering the cost of feedstocks uh, to nearly everything in our lives, some 6,000 and products uh, are derived from oil and natural gas. Um, that allows us uh, to invest in other areas of our economy, invest in high tech, invest in agriculture, invest in manufacturing. Uh, and we've seen that renaissance here in the United States. Um, unfortunately, uh, the president is beholden to uh, either green interest um, uh, or, or radical environmentalists, and, and that has resulted in uh, these just um, terrible policies of stopping pipelines, of limiting development on federal lands and waters. Um, and, and one of the items that potentially is coming, uh, uh, it's short of a climate emergency, uh, but he would declare some sort of national security emergency and stop the export of oil and natural gas. Um, all that that is going to do is tell Europe you're on your own. Um, you need to work out a deal with Libya. You need to work out a deal with Russia. And um, for our number one uh, trading partner uh, to the north in Canada, we've already turned our back on them and, and told them that we're no longer going to take um, their crude in the, in the form of the Keystone XL pipeline. We, we've turned our back on our number two trading partner. Uh, he had uh, President uh, uh, Obrador last week, AMLO from Mexico, uh, where they continue to stop uh, uh, the opportunities to work across the border and, and really develop both sides of the Eagleford. Um, and your guess is as good as mine, Kim, as to why uh, he would defy common sense, defy reason, uh, and even harm his environmental and labor goals uh, by pursuing some of these policies. Well, you know, a lot of people, critics say that, well, he's uh, maybe got dementia, maybe there's some mental, uh, you know, he might be a little incapacitated and, and that's a whole other area. But it doesn't seem that way anymore to me. It seems like this is very manufactured. And in many ways, you just can't be doing all of these things here to hurt the American people and now even globally with our allies and partners. Actually, it seems very uh, methodical, but also very dangerous. And when you start looking at those things, there's usually obviously uh, something behind it. Could be money, could be... Uh, we had COVID the last election, and I'm not trying to be a you know, conspiracy theorist, but we do have an upcoming election in November. And the, all the poll numbers are showing the Democrat Party is in a lot of trouble. 
and it doesn't seem like they're kind of uh, waking up to this yet. But uh, when we get back from break, I want to try to get back on the topic of following the money, following the politics, and seeing if this is more by a design, a greater design. You're listening to the Little Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. back. You're listening to an oil patch radio show. My guest today is Jason Modlin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Jason, uh, over the show, we have covered the president's visit to Saudi Arabia, the disastrous president's visit to Saudi Arabia that didn't accomplish anything positive for uh, him or his party or the American people. He also is scheduled to make an announcement soon from a retired power plant in Massachusetts that uh, we have some kind of an emergency pertaining to energy, and uh, he, we need to do something. But um, there's all kinds of issues with that because he wants to turn to other countries that have no regulatory oversight and ask for them to supply us and the world with their energy needs as opposed to having the United States do it when there's an abundance here. So we covered all of this in the show, why it makes no sense. And I, saying, as I said earlier in the show, it almost seems as though this is manufactured. I don't believe it's a, uh, a place where he has some mental defect. This seems to be very calculated in a way that is really hurting the American people, our energy uh, policies, and undermining uh, our national security. But we also have, uh, we're heading towards November, Last time we had a big election, we had COVID uh, occurring that set up specific rules for this election uh, between him and President Trump. Now, uh, the polls are kind of showing that November is going to be a bloodbath for Democrats as well. And a lot of these policies that are going on aren't making sense, as I said. What is the problem with... um, why they are doing all these really poor energy policies. Does it have anything to do with money? Does it have anything to do with subsidies? Does it have anything to do with November's elections and the Democrats' polls? Polling is terrible. A lot of them are going to lose their seats. Walk us through what's really happening in your belief. Sure, yeah. I, I think there probably is uh, a, a lot there um, that, we're, that we're not uh, fully seeing, but we're also hearing from the administration that pain is part of the plan. Uh, you had the transportation secretary uh, speaking to a, a Senate committee uh, this week talking about higher pain at the pump, higher prices are going to lead to Americans switching uh, to electric vehicles in hopes of avoiding uh, that pain at the pump. Uh, unfortunately, as uh, several representatives kind of walk through with the secretary, um, that's going to result in escalating costs 
uh, on their electric bill, uh, substantial uh, increases in um, electric usage as part of electric vehicle purchases, um, and, and that's going to raise costs, and that's going to further um, uh, strain our grid uh, that really has been underinvesting in uh, fossil fuels to provide the backstop to when uh, renewables falter. Um, uh, that's that's the problem that we're seeing here in Texas. Uh, and it's certainly the problem that we're seeing nationwide. Uh, when we get into the doldrums of summer, when it's hot, when it's still air, um, uh, you have low wind uh, in Texas. Um, and, and sometimes even you have interruptions in solar delivery and that requires a backstop. The only resource that's able to uh, surge to meet demand is natural gas. But if you haven't built a new natural gas plant uh, as the president's going to a shuttered facility, uh, or you haven't invested in the infrastructure, uh, either pipelines or new drilling in, in this country, um, uh, it's gonna result in, in, in problems. And, and look, oil and gas is not a partisan issue. It's not red or blue. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a family table issue. Um, it's how people get to work. It's how people, uh, 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 cool their homes and heat their homes in the winter. Um, and that's really what the administration and Congress should be focused on. They should be focused on 9.1% inflation, uh, or uh, I, I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal, 33% increases in the price of eggs, 19% in the price of chicken, 61% increase in the price of regular unleaded. Those are the challenges that uh, the administration needs to focus on. And so you, you, you mentioned a bloodbath. Uh, those are what the polls are saying today. Um, uh, it potentially only gets worse if the administration continues to put their head in the sand and ignore the real challenges before people. It's not uh, woke ideology in schools. It's not uh, the climate uh, uh, changing. It, it's actually how people are gonna get to work, how people are going to take care of their kids, how people are gonna fund um, uh, the, the priorities in their lives. Um, and, and, and really it's interesting to watch Europe, uh, Asia, see this play out in real time uh, uh, with the uh, just disastrous environmental policies, these negative energy policies. Uh, we're seeing it play out with uh, rampant food cost uh, increasing. You've got farmers protesting um, across Europe. It's really, that's, that's the challenge of our time and the administration is, is absent. You know, Jason, you bring up a great point. All we have to do is look to our allies, Germany, Europe, invested in the same policy that the United States wants to go down. And they are, because of the invasion in Russia, of Ukraine from Russia, and because of them investing and doubling down in solar, wind, and, and um, alternative energy sources that will come online eventually, but but maybe we're not there yet. They're not reliable like good old oil and natural gas that we don't have an abundance, can't capture all of that and store it, what they're providing. They don't, the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. You're in all these things, we're seeing it. You're, you, you brought up a great point. And yet this administration seems to continue to wanna to go down that path, not see that the American people are suffering just like Europe. Um, 
you know, right now they are uh, having massive protests also in Panama. What's in Panama? The Panama Canal. This is, this is um, starting to produce civil unrest in countries as well. And, and it's strange to think that we're seeing it, like you said, in real time. And yet this administration is not seeing all we have to do is look and see what other countries who are ahead of us adopted these policies. And they're not doing so well. Maybe we should stop. You know, you discussed the, uh, most people do not recognize or understand how they cool their homes or heat their homes is from oil and gas currently, for the most part. It's cheap. What happens when you lose that? It's higher uh, utility bills along with higher pay more for gasoline. So all of these things we're already seeing and the American people are really upset about it. The Democrats seem to be hell bent on this is the process. Now we've we've pretty much covered what's happening globally with uh, the Biden administration. When we come back from break, I want to bring us back to Texas and talk about what's happening right here. You're listening to an oil patch radio show. We'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers invites you to their annual conference on September 14th and 15th at the Hotel Drover in Fort Worth, Texas. The event will feature author and energy expert Alex Epstein during the industry luncheon on September 15th. It's the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers annual conference, September 14th and 15th in Fort Worth, Texas. For tickets and hotel reservation information, go to texasalliance.org. That's texasalliance.org. listening to in the oil patch radio show my guest today is jason modulin the president of texas alliance of energy producers jason we have discussed uh, a lot of what's happening in other countries president biden going to saudi arabia uh civil unrest that's happening in different places uh, as a result of other countries investing in renewables and not focusing so much on oil and gas and it you know throughout the show today we've kind of Cover, we have covered, excuse me, we have covered the, what appears to be global chaos occurring as having poor energy policies and lack of enough energy to support the world. But here in Texas, we are setting record numbers. What are the numbers? Who's doing it and why? Let's talk about that. Yeah, we're setting record production levels in the Permian Basin, which has already exceeded 5 million barrels a day. Um, uh, here in the Haynesville in East Texas, uh, we're setting record natural gas production uh, levels, uh, and that is helping get the country actually back um, uh, very close to, to record natural gas production levels. Um, uh, we're also setting record demand levels for electricity here in Texas uh, because we continue to have uh, a thousand people a day move to Texas, uh, and unfortunately, they, they don't bring um, uh, their energy with them or the roads or, or schools. And so that's resulted in um, uh, Texas taxpayers, in particular oil and gas companies, uh, uh, picking up more of, of the tab as we're seeing these higher prices. And so uh, Texas is actually projecting a $27 billion surplus 
thanks in large part uh, to very high oil and natural gas severance tax collections. Uh, we're setting record monthly collections each month. Um, uh, for the past three months, the Texas Comptroller's Office has reported that uh, uh, collections have exceeded a billion dollars each month, uh, which is just unbelievable. Normally, uh, in a very good year, you would have about $3 billion collected over the course of the year. Uh, we've done that in the first quarter, uh, uh, which is, is truly remarkable. And, and all of that is, is frankly to benefit uh, Texans here. Uh, we have lower gasoline prices, we have lower energy prices, um, but uh, that, that can absolutely be disrupted if the president declares a national emergency, uh, declares a climate emergency and imposes new restrictions on oil and gas producers, whether that's in the form of uh, new taxes or, or simply limiting um, their permits and their ability to export their products uh, around the world. Uh, it, it's really that, that export ability of oil, uh, crude oil in particular, uh, that was banned by Congress in the 1970s uh, and rescinded by Congress in 2015 that has really uh, been a remarkable resurgence of investment uh, in Texas. Um, and if the president were to declare some sort of national emergency and impose a restriction on crude oil exports or even on LNG exports, uh, one, it would result in less investment here in Texas, uh, harming everyone, limiting tax revenue collections, uh, but then it would also cut off our allies overseas um, and further exacerbate the challenges uh, that they're having um, because of their dependency on Russia and the Middle East um, to meet their energy needs. Um, uh, that, that, that's really the dynamic that we have here in Texas. Uh, one more um, uh, challenge that has been um, uh, suggested by some folks in New Mexico is that the Permian Basin should be declared uh, non-attainment status for purposes of the Clean Air Act. That would be a disaster in terms of meeting our energy needs. Uh, you touched on it briefly. We have an energy crisis uh, uh, globally because we have uh, continued population growth. We need 50% more of the energy that is produced today to meet our energy needs by 2050. Where is that going to come from? Uh, certainly uh, alternatives like wind and solar are going to be a part of that energy mix, uh, but they're not able to meet all of the energy mix. We're gonna need everything uh, to have added investment. And unfortunately, uh, the administration in, in Washington uh, doesn't seem to get that um, uh, and they've prioritized other things. Well, to that, I'll say thank God for Texas and the drilling that's going on here. Amen. And this president is one of the most destructive presidents in energy policy. And I want to close with you have an upcoming conference and your keynote speaker is Alex Epstein, who has been on the show before. He has produced uh, his first book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuel, that every American should read. He's coming out with a new book. Tell us about your conference because Alex can really explain what's really going on, how important energy is, and why we need to look at it as a global solution, not just it's a United States solution. 
Absolutely. We're very excited to have uh, Alex Epstein, uh, uh, famed author and uh, philosopher, uh, just came out with his new book, Fossil Future, uh, which is really a, a fantastic read. Uh, it's quite a bit longer than The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, but it does a, a wonderful job of laying out uh, the challenges that we have as, as a, uh, a society, global society, in meeting our energy needs. And if we continue to deny um, kids in Africa and in India and in China uh, with needed energy resources, uh, we condemn them to a life of poverty, uh, uh, poor health, um, and ultimately um, uh, a low economic activity, um, and really finding ways to unlock our natural resources. Uh, that includes uh, uh, fossil fuels, but certainly our, our, uh, our nuclear resources uh, um, by denying the ability to uh, produce and exploit and, and really refine those products. Uh, we condemn people to a life of poverty. And what we've seen globally and here in the United States is when um, you're poor, you don't focus on improving the environment around you. Uh, you allow for uh, trash to pollute your, your waters. Uh, you are subject to clean, uh, you're, you're subject to air pollution within the home. Some 4 million people a year die from indoor air pollution um, because of these home hearths that burn wood and biomass and dung, cow dung. Um, and, and what an opportunity to save uh, uh, folks uh, uh, around the world, improve their economy, improve the environment. Uh, uh, so Alex is going to be fantastic for that. We also have uh, Railroad Commission Chairman Wayne Christian coming uh, and speaking. And then we've got several CEOs of independent oil and gas companies that we're really excited uh, to hear from, uh, as well as uh, uh, some familiar faces for you, Anne Bradbury with American Exploration and Production Council, and then Sean Strawbridge uh, with the Port of Corpus Christi is coming up as well. And so uh, we're really excited to talk about liquefied natural gas, to talk about the opportunities that we have here in Texas. Um, and so I look forward to having you there, Kim, in Fort Worth, September 14th and 15th. Yep. Where do they go to get tickets? Because it's going to be Texas, a sold out. Absolutely. TexasAlliance.org. That's our website, Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Um, and uh, tickets and sponsorships are available. Awesome. Well, Jason, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, talking to us a little bit about energy and common sense. Um, we look forward to your conference being there as well. Thank you for being a guest on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks, Kim. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.